What up? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, I'm sitting with Brett Chester. He is the VP of Marketing at Site Tracker. We get into a conversation about how old marketing is becoming the new marketing. And really what that means is understanding your customers' needs, wants, where they're at in the sales cycle, and how you can help them out with a highly personalized experience. So interesting conversation. I think you guys are going to like this one. But before we get into that, as always, this show is brought to you by us, and we are Cave Social. So we're a marketing agency based out of LA. It helps companies grow with social media. So if you're feeling stuck with social, you need some help, head over to cavesocial.com, book a free consultation. We'll be glad to uh, chat with you and see how we can help you out. All right, everybody, sit back, enjoy this one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, joining me is Brett Chester. He is the VP of Marketing at Site Tracker. Brett, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me, Jordan. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get into this and talk, you know, what you all are doing at Site Tracker, talking about the world and where marketing is going to go post COVID. But before we get into that, tell us your story, man. How did you get to where you're at right now with Site Tracker? Wow, sordid story. I'm sure I could tell you many tales in between. But uh, I started my career as a marketer between finishing high school and, and going off to university. I realized while sitting in a library one day that um, there was an opportunity for our local library in Australia to make some money off all the bookmark slips that were inside the books that I was borrowing. And so I walked into the local pizza agency and said, local pizza shop rather, and said, hey, you know, would you advertise to students to sell a slice here and there? And they said, yes. And that started my first business in marketing, direct marketing, local, highly targeted, highly personalized content. And, you know, my parents said, bah, that's a crazy idea. You don't want to keep doing that. So I headed off to law school and became one of those evil lawyers, but pretty quickly found my way back to marketing. And, you know, I cut my teeth in online casinos. This is a very, very long time ago, but we were doing $450 million a quarter in revenue at the time. And uh, growth was our goal. So, you know, all the way back then I was buying media from webmasters. AdWords was kind of like this new thing. SEO was this new thing. So we would drop a million CDs on a suburb and then figure out what our conversion rates were and optimize and drop it on the next suburb and so on and so forth. My earliest career was in demand and that's what I love. And, you know, demand for me is all about understanding your buyer, understanding your persona audience that you're working with and helping them get to that aha moment as quickly as possible. And now panning forward some 15, 20 years later, here we are sitting in a world where I have so many channels at my disposal and I'm working at an amazing software company where we've grown from me coming in as the first marketer to a 200 and something plus company where we've forexed our revenue and growing hand over fist. So it's you know, a pleasure to take some of that learning from all the way back then and still be applying it today. Yeah, I was going to say one of those things, right, is that you look at your whole journey and say, you might not know when you're in it, but when you look back, you go, oh, I picked up some useful skills or, oh, I can translate what we did here with online casinos or what we did back when I was doing the bookmarks and using a similar tactic, 
you know, at a big scale with more data, with a more sophisticated customer. But at the end of the day, to your point, we're trying to get people to the aha moment. And I love your first example with the bookmarks of like, someone's been studying for four hours and they go, I'm hungry. <laughs> exactly right. And, and, and now they want to go get a slice. And I think we as marketers sometimes overcomplicate things and we love to do that. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to, can you get the customer to that aha moment? And can you have that message that resonates with them at that right time? You hear a lot of people talk about like, you need to interrupt them and you need to stop their feed. And I'm like, no, you need to be an accent to the experience that's already taking place. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, the job shouldn't be to disrupt their feed. It should be to, no, like really accompany them on their daily journey throughout the internet or or hard mail, whatever it is. I'm right there with you. Now, we talked a little bit before we started recording just about getting ready for with regards to what channels we're going to need to be on post-COVID and how that's going to look different for every business. But where do you think that, you know, maybe it's site tracker to begin with, but industry as a whole needs to start looking with regards to maybe new channels. And we talked a little bit new is old. I'd love for you to expand on that. But just moving forward, where do you think we need to be going with regards to uh, channel distribution? Yeah, good question. Thank you. I, I think, you know, the first thing, let's set the scene, right? As an enterprise software marketer, my world looks very different to other marketers that might be selling in B2C or high volume software, you know, take this with a grain of salt and with this lens. But for us to be successful right now, events and boondoggles that most people would go to. So I'm selling to critical infrastructure providers, telecom, utilities, EV companies, folks that are more traditional in the way that they operate from day to day, right? So my world was a lot of events about getting in front of people and being where they are because, you know, a golf game is just as important to them as it is to finishing their job for the day. So some of our telecom companies that we work with, a golf data sponsor, awesome. But guess what? Here we are in COVID land. We're probably not going to come out of it fast for anybody. And in fact, you know, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about, you know, risk aversion. It's going to be the race to the lowest risk point, risk tolerance. So, so if you think about it, how do I, as an enterprise SaaS marketer, contact people that we usually would do something over a beer or a coffee or a golf course or at an event? How do I fit into that landscape right now? And that's, that's what I think about frequently, particularly as a demand marketer. So I think, you know, as you alluded to, old is becoming new, right? So direct mail and direct marketing is becoming, in my opinion, far more important than it was before. But the challenge for us marketers right now is we're all working from home. So I may have your office phone number. I may have your office address. But what I don't have is your home phone number or your home address. And your reluctance to give it to me is just that much higher right now, right? So, you know, I think, how do we overcome those challenges? How do we think about those challenges? And how do we take the experience of a show, as an example, to someone's doorstep? That's what I'm thinking about, and that's what we're working towards. And I think that, you know, I don't know about you guys out there, but we did 24 webinars last quarter. 
There's only so many webinars one person can run and only so many webinars that people want to attend. So what is going to get cut through? And uh, I firmly believe it's you know a great web experience. It's a great sales cycle. It's great enablement materials. And it's being able to get your message to people at the right time, at the right place. And I would add in there too, right? That on the end side of that is having the product that works to turn people into advocates. And I think we miss those principles a lot. Uh, You know, people get so, and marketers, I I love you marketers. I am when I run an agency, but heck, do we get caught up on shiny new objects and chasing all of these new techniques and little tactics, but our website is a mess. Correct. And to me, I'm always like, fix your website. (laughs) Like, fix your website, fix the experience there because that's, to me, is one of the pillars of your experience with your brand. And then you look at, to your point, building out the content, the proper content that's going to help people at different parts of the funnel. And then understanding where they're at. If they're at home and they're reading this material at 1 a.m., that's a different experience than when they were in office and they had they had just driven 30 minutes both ways to get to the office and they're, you know, two cups of coffee in. All of these things have to go now and be played into how we look at how our, how's our consumer acting and how is their decision making changed? You, I think you brought up a great point with like risk aversion, right? This customer now is is going to want to do something and, and make the safe choice but they're going to go through a lot more checks and they're going to have, there has to be these online resources for them to understand like, oh, this is a company that's worth doing business with. Right. And I think I love the old is new because it's so true. Are you all, I guess that site tracker, right? When we look at stuff, when we're looking at B2B corporate sales, and I usually view marketing often as sales cover in those situations, but really bringing down to that level. Are you all doing ABM predominantly as your acquisition? Yeah, I'm sitting here smiling. Like ABM is, to me, the epitome of old is new. You know, if we go back to the brass tacks of why marketers exist, it's to generate interest so that we can close new business, right? It's to support sales cycles so we can close new business, right? It's to be able to have a great onboarding experience and teach people how they could use your platform so that we can actually make more revenue. So if you think about it, in my opinion, just one humble man's opinion, ABM is just a regurgitation of what is old is new, but is wrapped in this concept of all of us working together for X results, right? And and if you hark back to, you know, I'll, I'll give you a wild example. Door-to-door salesmen selling a vacuum cleaner in the 50s, right? They would have to have a list. They'd have to have the right enablement materials and training. They'd have to have the wherewithal to actually engage door-to-door. And then they'd have to be able to demonstrate it clearly and then so on and so forth. If you follow that logic pattern through, it's exactly what we're doing today as marketers in ABM. Uh, it's a different wrapping on the same challenge. And, you know, we are doing ABM and it is a program that's successful for us. We're seeing uplift and engagement through some of the programs that we've created that have just blown me away. Nine out of 10 accounts engaged. We're not talking two-way communication, but we're talking engaged with our brand and with us as part of our lead-in programs that we're doing before we get into the meat and potatoes sales cycles. So we're teasing our brand in, getting nine out of 10 engagement there, 
And then we're introducing our sales cycles in a combined effort between our BDRs and our AEs at the one time on the one account. And guess what? A coordinated effort works. So I suppose perfect example of old, which is new, just in a repackage. Yeah. And, and look, the customer today, whether they are buying, especially when they're buying you know, enterprise software or something that's going to fit in on that. Like, you're damn right I want a white glove experience. And I want people, I'm, I'm spending hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on a decision. Yeah. And my career <laughs> like is tied to it, right? Right. That's the other thing is, right, is you, exactly, this could be a huge decision for that person with regards to their upward mobility in their company if they choose the right, you know, partner, for instance. So, Correct. yeah, that stuff is, is so important. And I think... Uh, I think we lose sight of that sometimes that and it comes back to this whole like getting people to that aha moment doing it so with a personalized message whether it's a bookmark for pizza or it's you know millions of dollars on an enterprise software contract i think it's really baked down to that same thing or the vacuum in the 50s i love that is getting people's attention right when they need the product there's an obvious need and then explaining and walking them through how it can help and it just becomes you do that more times than not and you're going to win more times than not exactly right exactly right like to expand on that vacuum salesman right like he would have been supported or she would have been supported with many different print ads running in the background so you'd come into a new territory you'd run your print ads you'd run your radio then you would drop your salesperson on a the street they'd knock on every door and it's exactly what we're doing right now except we're knocking on the door more virtually than before our door knock is invariably going to be an email or direct mail piece of some description but it's the exact same manifestation so i laugh about about ABM in the sense that like it's my job that's what I do but it's it's a nice framework to drive multi-team alignment I'm fortunate that I have the BDR team that reports into me as well so I've got two pieces of the puzzle but getting that third piece of buy-in from the sales team isn't easy but once you've got it you're on fire and alignment is the magic word Alignment is the magic word. That's something too, is getting all your teams, you know, moving in lockstep and understanding that you're all coming together to to get an account. And and then customer service is there to retain the account and or account management, whatever you whatever your team calls it. <laughs> you know, it's like it's all the same where we're like, we're all in this together. And if you have things where they start to get siloed or fragmented out, that's when you start to see issues. When the salesperson's selling a red car, but the marketer has been talking about blue cars for six months. That's where we start to see issues. So I, I'm right there with you. Where you have alignment on your teams. They understand clearly what the goal is and they're working towards it. Things are going to start to move a lot more fluently along those uh, sales lines. That's for sure. One could only hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always something that comes up. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, Brett, tell me a little bit and tell the listeners, where can they find out about Site Tracker and connect with you online? Yeah, for sure. So head over to sitetracker.com. We're a project and asset management platform for critical infrastructure companies. I'm not sure if you guys know, but um, you know, we're moving to a world that's going to be carbon neutral pretty soon, 2050. That's our hope. But guess what? That's going to mean a lot of change to the infrastructure that we live in and that supports us. Uh, COVID has proven, if nothing else, that we need better connectivity in our homes, not only on our cell phones, but on our fiber networks, as an example. And all of this technology is needing to be deployed and maintained. And that's what Site Tracker does. If you're in that game or you're even interested in a software that uh, 
can change the game for people that need to solid project management, solid asset management, and solid work management, look us up. And you can find me pretty easily anywhere online. Just search for Brett Chester. I'm pretty much the only one kicking about, except for some footballer somewhere. And you'll be able to tell us apart by the accent. Amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, Brett. And everybody, I will put those links uh, in the show notes page as well. Cool, man. Thanks again for coming on the show. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Um.